Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. The show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Commanders, and welcome to episode 453 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, otherwise known as Colin Ford, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Staff Liaison Officer, Commander Psykhead. Well met adventurers, every time until I'm over it. You will never be over never, it. Never, ever going to be over it. So that's my yeah. greeting from now on. I'm very sorry. <laughs> we have our SRV Banksy. That's Commander Alec Turner. Greetings, Commanders. I thought I'd go a different direction tonight. I'm not sure that worked. Somehow, uh, for some reason, I'm thinking Frosties. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and joining us, uh, as long as his throat still holds out, we have the wonderful Chris Mark IV, who's also doubling for tech. Greetings. Ah, uh, dear. I, I think I want that now, now as a ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> Just available. when I'm feeling bad. Yeah. Available for a small fee. <laughs> oh, you're on Fiverr, are you? <laughs> He's Actually, on Cameo. Yes. How dare you? <laughs> so if you wish, you can join us live. Uh, the Chris Mark IV is hanging out in-game in open at Lave, so um, you can go and, and uh, abuse him if you like. <laughs> Already, Wintermit GB is as Alec the Tiger. He's great. Oh, never mind. Um, right. Uh, great start, cracking start. Yeah. Solid. Shall we just start again? See how it goes. If you can't get in game, you can also join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat or go to twitch.tv slash laveradio or go to Twitter or excrement, as I call it, <laughs> or Facebook, uh, YouTube, you know, everybody. Yes, right. Fair enough. Let's quickly have a run around the team, see how they've been for the last week. I suspect I know what this one's going to be like. This is going to be Psychic. So I've played more D&D in the last week than I have done ever. And it's incredible. I did. Um, so I... 
I've been obviously I've been doing my streams and not been doing D and D stuff because like I've kind of made a decision to have um at least for now until I finish one one campaign for all the way through hold Baldur's Gate a little bit more closer to my chest and um safe scum my way through it and enjoy it sort of like personally um which is which is uh, it's 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 a perfect game it's a it's the perfect fucking game i will not be taking any questions at this time um and the other the other things i've done is i did um i had dnd on wednesday where i dm'd for my level 18 party in um in waterdeep which was amazing and the, which is which is just north of Baldur's Gate. If you're talking about the where you sit your favorite room, but you didn't need to know that. Um, and then on Thursday, I played I played one of my characters in D and D in one of my groups that beat me up very very rarely because everyone has busy lives and we can't get um a time together. But on Thursday, I also played D and D. And then on Sunday, I played D and D. I DM'd on Twitch for my group, and they went to Baldur's Gate. So it's been a, it's been a beautiful beautiful week <laughs> been a beautiful week if, if you like fireballs if, if, if no if you enjoy if you enjoy the the land of Faerun um and the the sword coast then as i as i really really do it's been a wonderful week i've had i've had the best week living in a fantasy world in loads of different environments um i haven't really done much else to be completely honest i'm trying i'm like getting getting prepped for um for ecm I was in just getting excited for ECM this weekend. Been that's been about it. Saving spoons, maybe, shall we say? Yeah, that sounds great. Alec, what have you Hello. been up to for the last week? I have in real life nothing um nothing particularly exciting to report on. In game quite a lot. I finished the Michael Brooks tour, the Galactic mm-hmm. Tour. I went yep. to the final stop, which was beautiful. And yeah, I think my ship's still there, actually. And I need to bring it back at some point. Yeah. What was interesting, actually, is that I realised I was sort of looking at the galaxy map and looking at my bookmarks. Incidentally, this is I've discovered something really irritating about the bookmarks interface. There's no way of finding out what a bookmark is, is there? Like you look at a book, you look at your galaxy map, and there's a mm-hmm. bookmark, and you go, "I wonder what that is." There's no way of finding out what it is. Well, unless you look in your actual bookmarks menu. But if you've edited it, you don't have, if you've, if it's just a star that you've bookmarked or something. Yeah, if you've, no, but how do you see the name that you've given the bookmark? Like you've renamed the bookmark and you've said something like Guardian Thargoid Battleground. So I go to my galaxy map and I see a bookmark icon. How do I, how do I know what, which bookmark that is? Oh, I don't think, I don't know that you can. I'm going to be a thick kit here. I didn't know you could even rename bookmarks. I just, I was just been marking off bookmarks and trying to God, remember yes, what yes. bookmarks are all renamed because it tells because I don't know why I've bookmarked a planet unless I've got like, hundreds of the damn things. Like buckyball racing, you can't. The only time I really go in and edit them is um and um Chris is amazingly showing this on screen at the moment how you can go in and edit a bookmark. But um you the only time I really edit bookmarks nowadays is to put like a little warning close brackets for the order in which I'm visiting the um yeah. the stops. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I, I rename all of mine so I know what the thing is. But then I realised when I go to my galaxy map and see a bookmark, I've got no idea. I've got no way to see that name. I can't tell what the hell I've why I've you bookmarked see, the planet. What I normally do is is my favourites are completely clear, apart from if I'm doing a buckyball, and then mm. that's where I put all the all the the stations or places I go to. I had this brilliant idea. 
I had this one brilliant idea. I thought, okay, I bet when I hit the, I bet when I hit the option to delete the bookmark, mm. it will pop up and say, "Do you really want to delete Thargoid Guardian Battleground?" And it'll be a way for me to see what I, what the bookmark is. Oh. But no, it just deletes it. Doesn't according, prompt you anything. Ac- so, according to chat, Shay is saying if you go into the system map where it is. So click on the on the where the bookmark is, and then go to the system map. I assume this probably this only works if you've been to the place that you've bookmarked. But nine yeah. times out of ten, potentially so. Um, if you go to that, and then there's a bookmark tab marks tab after going to the system map. I don't know. Yeah, I've I'm just feeling. You know, there's a phrase going around at the moment. I was n years old. I was today years old when I discovered such and such. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, I mean, what what Chris is showing on stream now, I want to just be able to hover over that bookmark and it tell me what the hell it is. It's like that would be a quality of life upgrade, wouldn't it? What the hell is that bookmark? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a rant. Um, <laughs> by an amazing coincidence, near the end of the Michael Brooks tour, I saw I had a bookmark, mm. and I thought that's interesting. Wonder what that is. Mm-hmm. I had, couldn't seem to find out because of aforementioned annoyance. Uh, so I went to look, and it is the Thargoid Guardian Battleground with the Proteus Anaconda on it. Yeah, it's pretty close, isn't it? Yeah, which is an awesome coincidence. Um, hmm. Read today's Galnet News, but we'll come on to that. We will. Uh, and then I, what else have I done? I played a lot with ED Copilot, which we shall come on to in the community section. And today I tried to get myself locked in a shipping container and... It turns out you can't, so I guess they have fixed it. Oh, good for you. It's a bit annoying, actually. What I'd hoped for was that I would go in a shipping container, exit to the main menu, log back in, find myself in a black locked shipping container, and then have to put my torch on and, you know, cut my way out. That's Because that's what I thought Frontiers Fixed was, but the door just opens automatically. So it was all a bit of a letdown, really. Yeah. I mean, I must admit, I'm, I am still old school. I still have a notepad next to me. <laughs> oh, dear. I I actually have a physical notepad for some of the things that I do. So, yeah. Yeah, I used to do that. Oh, and I, I too, am getting myself excited for ECM. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Chris Mark IV. Um, if you're able to speak, <laughs> I am. I am able to speak. I've I've spent most of the week with a really rough, horrible uh, throat, but um, before I was off, it is the Edinburgh Festival at the moment, mm-hmm. so all the fun is in town. Uh, I got to see a few sort of shows and bits and pieces and do some interviews before my throat completely packed in. Can recommend a few little things. There is June the Musical, written by uh, an Edinburgh local a local musician who was dared by his mates uh, when he said that you can put an exclamation mark behind anything and turn it into a musical. They said, sure, do June the musical. And he's actually done it. And it's on at the Free Fringe. So if you're in Edinburgh and want to see a cheap show, which is very, very well produced, can uh, can recommend that. It is a lot of fun. It's very well put together. So is that the month of June? Or just June, June, just- June as in uh, uh, the the movies and the books oh, and oh, the thing. June, <laughs> sorry, it's my it's uh, June. Um, t- <laughs> um, the musical. Oh, God, this is gonna be so embarrassing when I when I explain what I've been doing this week. Anyway, oh right, okay, um, yeah. So uh, June, the musical. I uh, can recommend that. Can recommend uh, Tom Crosby who is very nerdy and does Rubik's Cube things. And uh, there's lots of there's lots of great stuff um, 
on in Edinburgh at the moment. So I, I wish I'd had the last week to really enjoy all that. However, I had a horrible throat and was just uh, rolling about feeling sorry for myself. Um, Is Pete Furman in um, Edinburgh at the moment? Uh, oh, do you know what? I've not seen a poster for Pete Furman. He normally does Edinburgh, so he might. He, he does might normally be in. do Edinburgh. He did. Um, he was. He's in. Um, he's in Good Omens. Um, he, he's actually got a play. Um, oh. a playing role in uh, in Good Omens. Um, and um, I I adore him. I really want to see him live. But the furthest, I, I don't think he comes as south as South Wales at the moment. But um, I would like I would like to see him. But if he's in, if he's at Edinburgh Festival, go go vicariously for me, please. Uh, I, if I if I get the chance, I will I will look up and see if he's performing because normally he's on a, like a very big venue like the Pleasance and whatnot. Yeah. So um, yes, yeah. Can I, I highly recommend the Edinburgh Festival, though it is very expensive to visit town when it's on. I, I love care. it. I haven't so been for much, years, though. and I love it, love it, mm. love it, love it. Same. Yeah. Oh uh. man, it's so good. It's so good. I'm. I. It was. One of the first things that, um, one of the first, I think it was the first trip that me and husband went on before we got, we, we got married. It's one of the first, like being away from home together as a couple. I think we were going to a wedding and it was also, it was also conveniently around the same time as Edinburgh Festival. So, um, yeah, but, oh man, I love, I love it. I love it so much. I miss it so much. I do want to go back. I like the way the chat is now saying. Yeah, but they're just writing the musical. (laughs) (laughs) Coming coming up with as many um, June lyrics as they can come up with. Yeah, that's that's nice. (laughs) Uh, Dan, the person that wrote it, is planning to tour the UK with it at some point. Uh, So, of course, you never, you never know. It's a one-man show. He's written it, starring in it, doing the whole thing. So, uh, yeah. If if it goes on tour, I will look out for it. I'm hoping to interview him (laughs) at some point, but I've not had the chance yet. It will still be better than the David Lynch version. <laughs> oh, sorry. Do, do you know, my first introduction to Dune was not the, the David Lynch version or anything like that. It was the, There was a, a strategy game. There was a Dune strategy yeah. game mm. on the PC, and that, that was my first introduction into it. Then it was yeah. the film, and then I finally got around to reading some of the books. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it opens up. A whole big can of worms, if you excuse ah, me. Oh, <laughs> oh. If, you, if you get into June. Oh, I must good. admit, though, the radio book, uh, the radio play slash audio book, really top top notch. It's got James Earl Jones as uh, as uh, the her oh, Harkonnen or the Baron, the Baron. That's it. That's awesome. Anyway, uh, we shall move. On from there, let's... Oh, it's me. Oh, yeah. Um, I was also up in Scotland this week, so I should have picked up the difference between June or June. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was over the water in Fife. Um, I had the 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 duty of um, spreading my mom's ashes and all that kind of stuff. So it's been a, a little bit of a uh, tough weekend. Uh, and also, that does means no no elite dangerous stuff for me um <laughs> i will on a, on a slightly more positive note i did have the opportunity to pop over and see good old uh, grant cycle cow woke up see how he was doing he's he's fine and said hello to to everybody there and he bought an accordion off me which is wow <laughs> very nice <laughs> Just out of I, I cannot, I cannot wait for the psychic house screams where he, where he whips out the accordion. 
<laughs> his daughter plays a, a plays every single instrument under the sun. Yeah. And I just jokingly said, "Oh, I've got an accordion in the boot," and he went, "How much?" <laughs> Wild. So we'll, we'll just have to we'll just have to wait and uh, wait and see if we get the psycho cow uh, weird al al weird al tribute band come on to one of his streams. So it goes with the pirate theme, though, doesn't it? If he's got someone it playing does. an accordion or a squeeze box in the background. <laughs> it's got his pirate hat on. And yeah. Everyone's playing a Sea of Thieves in the background. <laughs> um, yes, and, um, and I also tried to get rid of my grandfather's golf clubs, only to go find out that people really are quite snotty and snooty in St Andrews when you actually show them some old clubs. When yes, I go to the home of golf, sure. <laughs> we have a local dump stroke, you know, recycling centre, household recycling centre, and it has a little shop, and there's always 20 or 30 sets of dumped golf clubs. Mm. I think they're very easy to come by. <laughs> no, no, I knew that, that something was up because the guy said, oh, these are all useless, and then he came across one, and he went, oh, apart from this one. And he just got out the putter and went... That I mean, these these clubs are seventy years old. I mean, they're not exactly, you know, they're not they were though handmade absolutely ages ago. But um, yeah, they if it just really it's got no that's rubbish, that's rubbish, that's rubbish. You know, typical uh, typical Scottish bluntness. No, we don't want any of that. Oh, and there's just this moment of discovery when he takes out this putter and it goes, no, that that my friend is nice. It sounds like he's giving you a quest. <laughs> It does, doesn't it? <laughs> you you provided me with the putter. Here, have quest. I've been, I was going to say I've been playing too much board escape, but that's like a given at this point. <laughs> that's right. I was walking around St Andrews looking for people with little exclamation marks above <laughs> their head. So, um, some kind of some kind of strange light. <laughs> yeah. Take this putter to the glens and seek ye the wizard. Take this butter to the... Seek ye the wizard, Pete Furman, at Edinburgh Fringe. Take this butter to the 18th hall and see if you can get it in. Aye. Anyway, for some reason, um, I've got no idea why I went that that pirate Scottish, but never mind. Um, Let us move on to the development news. Um, Well, on Friday the 11th, Frontier actually posted a response uh, to some of the hacking uh, and account... um, limitation slash manipulation um Mm -hmm. they have said we want to acknowledge this and let you know that our investigation teams have been working hard to monitor and take necessary action against such unacceptable behavior as with all such cases we take care to ensure that the tools methods and actions used against suspicious activity and behavior remain discreet to prevent the uh, to prevent those with disruptive intent finding out ways to avoid them so they are looking into it. Um, I hope in this time, if they do find something and they take action, that they tell everybody about it. They won't. Down they to won't. It. Yeah, because we already know that one charity stream has been cancelled because people were scared that their, their um, accounts would be hacked. It was um, Commander Chicken. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He, he cancelled the whole thing, unfortunately. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Wings of Destiny. Yes. You're never going to let me fail to get that one. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So they've been looking into it. Um, 
We've had, we've, I think we've been here before. We'll just have to wait and see if there's, uh, if we get anybody complaining, oh, all of a sudden my account's been hacked. Yeah. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I say, can I, can I just add on the back of that, that, go on. um, Miggles is saying in chat that there was basically a hope and prayers response that needed to have some actual substance. Now, it didn't, it didn't need to be said. They didn't need to put anything out there. They never normally do. And I know I was very incredibly vocal about them not saying anything, um, anything last week. So I'm kind of happy that they at least acknowledged that people were having to postpone events and it was directly disrupting gameplay in a much larger way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when, when all of a sudden your sort of charity streams are affected, then because people don't have confidence it dies a bit worrying i i know a fair few content creators who've been like yeah no fuck that i'm not paying on playing on my main just in case or anything mm. a lot along those lines so um it's for um it's for sure I, I i was comforted by seeing at least something or at least an acknowledgement about it where, where it's been it's been devoid of that acknowledgement before yeah, um, I do know that, um, let's see, some notorious commanders in the past have been kicked off. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, I've got to stop saying basically, uh, because they, they got discovered using hacks. And, yeah. and uh, ironic, ironically, um, they were using said hacks when a big event was happening, which could have changed the whole outcome. But let's say about that, the better. Um I do know that they have taken action in the past, but uh, we only find out about that action when the people who have been affected by it complain about it. Yeah. So, yes. Right. Um, moving on. Uh, Frameshift Live 33 uh, is delayed until the Thursday, 31st of August. Um, Sally made the announcement over uh, on on the uh, on the forums not too long ago. Um, now, this, it's pretty obvious why this has happened. Everyone's on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to... You If you follow certain people on, on social media, you'll know that they're away having a wonderful time in Holly Bobs. So they might, be prepping for, they might be prepping for ECM as well. Mm-hmm. I had that thought. But I think they're just turning up and saying hello. I don't think they're doing anything. I, just drinks. You know I mean? Just drinks, lads. I think so. <laughs> it's the rock star. I'm going to bathe in the adulation of my fans. They I might suspect. bring stuff for raffles and things like that, or have yeah. like something prepared that's like a just in case sort of thing. Mm. And doing doing a friendship live, and then the following day going to it. I don't know. That's absolutely fine. Um, to. I kind of expected that something would be delayed in August because, well, holidays. Yeah. yeah. Everybody is on holiday. Look at They're Ben, for goodness busy sake. preloading mm. Starfield. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a game I haven't... Uh, that's the next one on the list after Baldur's Gate 3. Hope you've got lots of disk space. Oh, it's okay. I'm wiping stuff so I can get <laughs> things in. Uh, right. Okay. So yeah, Frameshift Live has been delayed. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens next. Uh, uh, so that's that. Um, I think onto the community news. First of all, we have part two of Old Man Scorb. There it is. Love it. Old Man Scorb. <laughs> I, I, I know it really annoyed him. So we're going to carry on with Old Man oh, Scorb. Man. To clarify, Scorb. to clarify with that, I wasn't. I was. 
It was the sheer incredulity of you, Colin, saying that Scorb was old. <laughs> I want to clarify that. Scorb knows this. He creates amazing content and I love him to pieces. But um, it was my incredulity at uh, that. But call him old man Scorb all you want. <laughs> <laughs> I will call you all old. <laughs> yeah, that's because we are. Yeah. So you can't you can't age shame me now. I, mean, I will. I'm, I will continue to age shame all of you. It's, it's. I don't think it'll have the desired effect. But I bet I you, it'll make me feel better. <laughs> we can have one small victory, and we're taking it. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, part two of his elite dangerous the aftermath math machine machinima is out right now um i've yet to catch up on this but if it's as much if it's up to the same standard as the first one i highly recommend it he's fantastic yeah. and wonderful it's amazing yeah it is it's great does anyone know i i think i can ask this without spoilers because i haven't watched a lot of the old stuff can i ask, how can i phrase this what um what species is the rog character Huh. I don't know. Does the species begin with a T, or am I misinterpreting it? Okay, never mind. Yeah. Silence, uh, st- don't worry. You stumped us. It's all right. Oh, oh um, see. Commander Tetrov has, yes. has, has said Rock is Guardian. Okay. Oh, okay. Fine, okay, good. Oh, oh, that makes, saying, oh, that makes sense. Right. Okay, and good. says, no, watch the videos. <laughs> so I, I don't know whether we just spoiled something there. No, I, no. I think he's saying watch the video. I should watch the videos, and I will because they're good. But I, okay, that does explain something that I was puzzled about. Great, good, right, okay. So, old man Scorb, <laughs> check. <laughs> Alec, you have a new ED add-on. I do. I want to talk uh, quite a lot about this, if I may. Um, Certainly. So, uh, someone, I think it was actually in our chat a few weeks ago. Um, nagged me to try out a thing called ED Copilot. And I have, and it's bloody brilliant, and I want to talk about it a little bit. Um, So ED Copilot is uh, an app that you, you know, one of these third-party Elite Dangerous Helper apps that you Mm -hmm. you download and run. Um, It supports... um, So it was originally written... I've been chatting with the guy who developed it quite a lot um, this week. So he originally started working on it in 2018, if you can believe. So it's been around a long time. Uh, Originally developed it as a VR user who wanted, um, you know, third-party website lookups to have speech feedback and things like copying system names to clipboard so he didn't have to keep taking the headset off. Um, But he, I think he had his first users around about 2019, uh, the first proper user interface in 2020 and then gave it a big rewrite in 2021. So it's been in development, constant development for years now. Um, so it's a, it's basically, when you first run it and install it, it's a single window app with lots of tabs that you can select. And then um, it has support for you. You can run it on a single monitor and it's got transparency and you can pin it on top. It's really nicely suited through multi-monitors if you have that because um, basically it's the window that you see, the GUI, is a client window to a server. So you can have as many client windows as you want showing different panels. So you can lay them out all over the place and on different screens. Um, in VR, you have these overlays. I haven't tried it in VR, but you have overlays, presumably, that you can position. 
Um, it can run on separate devices. Um, it can run on tablets using a thing called Space Desk that I haven't um, investigated yet. It interfaces voice attack. Um, it uses Microsoft. I haven't heard of these before, but it uses Microsoft Edge neural voices, um, which are extraordinarily high quality sounding voices. I mean, it's incredibly natural. People that have used these things before and and don't like the kind of robotic speech to text, uh, text to speech. These voices are incredible. Um, and apparently it'll even use, he's done a lot of work on voice stuff, and it'll even use um, Google, Amazon, and Azure high-quality voices if you have accounts for those. Um, it supports Google Translation to French, German, Spanish, Italian, and Russian. Um, so oh, yeah. what it does is, um, oh, and, and just a couple of other stats he gave me. He's had, since, you know, since launch, it's, he's had just under... 2,000 downloads, and there's about 350 commanders using it every month. So it's getting out there, but it, you know, um, I'd certainly never heard of it, so I wanted to shout it out. It, it's the usual thing. It reads your um, key bindings. Your It's read-only. You know, it's not doing anything naughty. It reads your bindings. It reads your journal, and it reads your status file to get information about what your running game is doing. Um, so to run down some of the things that it can do, it it can generate background chat. Um, it uses chat GPT and I believe other sort of similar things and can generate chatter between notional crew members and other NPC characters. And the, the chat GPT generated text is, is fed things like the latest Galnet. So you can, you, can, you can hear characters, you know, in the back of your ship talking about the latest Galnet news article and stuff like that. Um, in a wide variety of voices and coming out of left and right speakers. So, you know, that's awesome. I feel uh, like Father Bill might have been using that today. Oh, it's incredible. If you've got a fleet carrier, then the captain and crew will give you personal greetings, which I know people have always wanted. Um, it can automatically plot courses to things. So nearest commodities, nearest modules, ships, tech brokers, interstellar factors, any of those things, you just pick it from the UI and it literally plots a course um, in-game to to that destination for you um it can even utilize spanch so you know i said i was at the end of the michael brooks tour mm -hmm. and then i wanted to get back to another feature of this that i'll talk about in a minute i wanted to get back to the bubble so i just used this and it it plotted the route using spanch for me and it's really cool because it, it waits when you when you hit the next neutron on the spanch route it waits until you've supercharged and then plots the next leg for you <laughs> it's so cool um it can, it's got loads of bookmarking, so I was bitching about bookmarking. I think I'm going to switch a lot of my bookmarking into this. So it's, it's got mark, you know, what we always wanted from Frontier, really, bookmarking by categories. You can have racing bookmarks and exploration bookmarks and, you know, Thargoid mystery bookmarks, whatever you want, all categorized um, with loads of filtering options for using those. Um, it's can talk to you quite a lot so it's one of these things that as you fly around it'll tell you about the system you're jumping into um it'll tell you about your route and that it'll say things like your next three stars are scoopable but the one after that isn't so make sure you're full by the time you know really good on on that sort of stuff um it tots up material counts and the percentages you've collected it tells you about exobiology distances and when you're far enough from your samples to scan a new one it tells you about influence and ranking of factions for bgs um, um it can do neat little things like when you put on your sheet when you're on foot and you put on your shields oh uh, sorry the other way around when you when, when you pull out a weapon 
it'll automatically turn your shields on and when you stir it <laughs> wow off, that's yeah. real useful <laughs> it's cute i like it and then you can tell it not to do that if you're in a combat zone so you can you know you can maintain yeah that's that's pretty cool what's up to will me it do in, my, will it do my taxes is, as well i wouldn't be at all surprised i've i feel like i've barely touched it um what sucked me in a lot actually uh, we, won't be any surprise to people is that he's just working on a beta feature for time trials um mm. it's awesome so you you have a list of time trials which are little courses you pick one from the list and it will plot you to the system so you then fly to the system and then it will tell you you know plot you down to um the surface coordinate where the time trial starts once you're at the start you put on the handbrake this is in the srv and it registers that as I'm ready to do the time trial. And it basically then tells you, okay, the minute you let go of the handbrake, the timer's running. And then you let go of the handbrake and off you go. And it tells you that, you know, the, the, the courses have been authored and I'm going to do some of these myself with nice instructions about, you know, head to the building on the corner of the settlement and then turn right and that kind of thing. So you, you, you go zooming around the course. Um, and when you get to the finish line, it records your score and uploads it to a global leaderboard with your commander name on it. Oh, wow. It's 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 bloody marvellous. Uh, oh, and one final thing. I've missed out loads. The, the, the features are extensive. But um, one final thing I thought you'd like this is um, it even has a voice attack command to stream live radio. What's not oh, to that's, like? That's great. No one wants to do that. <laughs> what more could Holy you want? God. So, a lobotomy. Yeah. I wanted to give me a lobotomy at that point. <laughs> It's really good. He's got a Discord and he's got a Patreon. He's very active. He's 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 working on features every single day. I mean, I, I I've now got the nickname in his Discord of of um Alec Bug Mag uh, Alec Bug Magnet Turner because I I keep finding bugs and little things. But he's he's um he's been brilliant. I'm really impressed with this. It, yeah, that sounds absolutely amazing. It really does. I'll just have to um. Yeah, I have to I have to uh, check that one out, and also remember to pay pay a patron or or definitely hit the yes. donate button. Well, well, I mean, I, yeah, I'm definitely going to to bunk him some money. He does have a Patreon subscription and um, and other things, but he did he did say that you know just doing this sort of thing and promoting it is um is the biggest favor I can do him. What I really want to do, there aren't enough of these, and I might do one of these and maybe we'll play it on a future show. Is try and make a like a little two or three minute demo video that packs as many of the features in as possible in you know do a mission fly somewhere do a time trial yeah, yeah. it would be nice to see it like um solidly in action if you if they've got anything like that the speech for me makes it i can imagine if you've got a multi-monitor setup or if you've got like a full-on um sim pit you know with loads of screens around you it would be incredible for that mm. but for me because i'm a single screen the thing i love most is the voices and they're so good the way it speaks to you and is beautiful that's cool that does sound cool i'm fascinated Excellent. by the the like the auto generation in it because that's what we've talked about before like some of the the plugins and bits is like by the the 10th 20th 30th time that they've sort of said the automated bit of uh, audio you're kind of like oh i've heard that i've heard that i've heard that but the fact it's sort of yeah, generating it's stuff dynamically new text. Yeah. yeah that's really cool i haven't turned a lot of that on yet i've got to play with that more i'm not necessarily a fan of of I, w I was explaining today to the guy that i have I, i'm sure a lot of us do we have our own sense of elite and how serious it's supposed to be and how silly it's supposed to be and how i don't know 
we have our own sort of imp- personal heads canon of what elite is like. Yeah, elite is like, and that sort of stuff is difficult because if the text doesn't strike the tone that you like, but you can just turn it off. There's loads of options. There's a profanity option that I've turned off, which is very funny sometimes. I won't t- tell you what it refers to white dwarfs as, as but it made me um, laugh my ass off. <laughs> Um, and you can you can sort of ask it to be businesslike, and then it won't be nearly as chatty. And loads of options to turn all that stuff on and off as much as you like. Yeah, I must uh, I must admit when I'm using the voice packs, um, I I just I I have them switched up to be as chatty and, and as rude to me as possible. Right. So, because, yeah. 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 I understand where you're coming through from from that. I think it's going to be hard to play elite without it, actually. Oh wow, that that much of a recommendation. That's I love it. I love great. it. That's crazy. Yeah. Easy copilot. Okay, cool. Easy copilot. There'll be a link in the show notes. I, I, you can probably just Google it straight away if people are curious. Excellent. Uh, the guy's name, which I think is also the web the website, is um, a Razafrag. So if you get to Razafrag's website by googling Easy Copilot, then you're you're in the right place. Excellent. Um, right. Well, just quickly before, uh, at the moment, I'm being flagged by uh, a certain Dave Pearson, which we'll, we'll, we'll come to in a second. Uh, but I, before then, I just wanted to mention that um, the volunteer moderator on the forums, Rootstrap, um, he did a charity stream uh, over the weekend uh, for the 12th of August. He managed to raise uh, 1000 Five hundred and forty-four pounds for special effects over the weekend. I think it was a twelve-hour stream. So, Amazing! Yeah, we'd just like to take the moment to say, uh, "Well done, Commander!" and uh, and of course, we'll put a link in the the show notes, which will take you back to it in, in case you want to contribute at a later moment. Do do we have this invader from Hutton Orbital for the mug? <laughs> there we go for the mug. Gross! Gross! <laughs> For the that feels like a plug. Oh, hello, like I good to, evening. I have to be like that. Oh, I have a yes. glass of Bucks Fizz in my hand. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> We've got Bucks Fizz and Sherry on tonight's show. We've changed. This is insane. What? What? What is going on? <laughs> this is a glass of Bucks Fizz made with whiskey, an awful lot of whiskey, and a tiny bit of orange juice. <laughs> anyway, oh, good evening, everybody. So Hi, basically, you're you're on the whiskey, effectively. Uh, yes. Alex on uh, on the I'm sherry. I'm on I'm on Stella. Psychic. <laughs> um, so in... I'm I'm enjoying I'm enjoying a glass of Coca Cola. We're, we're training for ECM. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm saving myself. Is... I'm saving my liver. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I've just been on holiday for two weeks. Oh, and yeah, then got point. back, and there were eleven guests in my house, and then there were two guests in my house, and I haven't recovered yet. So I'm just going to push on through. Push on through. Well. Keep on trucking, as it were. Yes. There is a reason why you're here, of course, and that is... Because I love Lave Radio. No one loves Lave Radio. Don't lie. I see through the lie. No, I have loved Lave Radio for um, nearly 10 (laughs) years now. So, (laughs) Well, you are organising ECM, the the Elite Community Meet. By you, you mean we. I mean, yes, I, I represent the team, but yes. Yes. Okay, it is a global we, or you, rather. Yes, it is definitely not DaveCon at all. <laughs> it's not DaveCon, it's ECM. It uh, is, yes. The Elite Community Meet, which is happening this weekend down south. Uh, so, what can you tell people who haven't heard about it? 
What could, what would they look forward oh, to? Crikey! I mean, imagine you were a novice who didn't know. So ECM is the distilled version of one of the elite um, get-togethers. Um, we looked, must be eight years ago now, at the other events, and went, which bit do we love the most? And we love the social. So we love the bar, we love the the social, the get-together, the gaming, um, not the panels. We we love those, but yeah, they, they weren't what we were about. And um, we put together an event. Oh, the first ones were not with my involvement, but they were up in, I don't know, it was Manchester and whatever else. The first one I was involved with in was Bristol. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we, yeah, basically we, we hire a hall, get together, all chuck in the tin, um, play games, put up retro computers, do a bit of hot and orbital, do a bit of dockers, whatever else, and chill out in the company of other commanders and raise money for charity as a side effect. And um, yeah, basically have a day of gaming. And so we we did the ones I was involved with. We did Bristol. Um, we've done Manchester. We've done Wokingham. We've done uh, the aborted uh, Cambridge one, which became VECM. And we're back down to Wokingham this year. Excellent. Um, for 160 odd commanders to get together, enjoy each other's company. The the PWP aspect of what is that, the, the Hutton ethos. It's not Hutton organized, but it's the Hutton ethos. Um, yeah, we, we have lunch, we have dinner, we have a big barbecue. Um, we play games, we've got a lot of retro. I can go into detail if you want. Um, yeah, cool. Basically, oh, I, I can geek out properly about the state my man cave here in the house is in and the fact I had my hands in the guts of a risk PC making sure it works before the weekend but yeah it, basically it's a big elite social that we, we don't have panels we don't have uh, traders we don't have uh stands we have elite community and we put the event on for each other and it's very much that the community put it on for each other i'm a facilitator i mean my job is to i i organize the room everybody else brings the stuff and we all have fun for the day so it is very much put on by the community for each other excellent I mean, uh, the when you were on about uh, the retro uh, side of things, <laughs> we've got elite. Correct me if I'm wrong. You've said you've, you can play elite on the Econ Electron Spectrum, BBC Micro, the other BBC Micro, the Archimedes, a Risk PC, a Commodore 64, an Amstrad CPC, uh, NES, Amiga 1200, and you've also got a full motion VR rig. Yes, Commander Blastard. And anybody who's ever played um, CQC, there are two characters on the top of the CQC tables, of which Blastard is always one. He's achieved that by playing exclusively on a full motion rig in VR. Wow, I did not know um, that. So the one we had in 2018, he had a, I don't know, it was a few degrees of motion with a few pistons on it. The new one he had prototyped there, and he's now built it, which has basically got pistons, six pistons around your seat and the joysticks mounted on your seat and the VR on your headset, and you literally move in full fluid oh, six degrees of freedom motion. Um, <laughs> and he is, does make me feel upset. Let he, is, he is <laughs> second, I think, in global anybody who plays CQC by playing exclusively in a full motion rig in VR. I'm surprised he hasn't yet been recruited by the government's secret space pilot organization, you know, to to <laughs> to lead their their a real life squadron. Well, the the best bit is that he said, "Oh, I'm going to bring the rig along." And I said, "Well, is it the new one?" He said, "Yes." And by the way, I've got a method statement 
and it's all pat tested and it's insured and he, he's done literally the paperwork up to the nth degree as well this guy has engineered it yeah with precision but he's also he's also got the paperwork so it's not bodged he's got it proper legit this thing is awesome may, may we recommend that um you do this not on a full stomach <laughs> Well, he does have apparently some uh, roller coaster simulators in there, which throw you oh, around. No, <laughs> <laughs> I- I'm guessing the queue to have a go at this thing is going to start somewhere around Slough. Yeah. So when you when you enter the yeah. doors, turn left. You'll see it going. He's arriving about two o'clock on the Friday for, oh, for rigging it. Yeah. Um, this is quite special. So we've also got um, the haptic feedback equipment as well. So I've got on my own machine the haptic feedback vest running elite in vr which means when you get shot it actually hurts excellent do you have the groinal attachment i do not have the groinal attachment <laughs> nor than the but it does punch you in the kidneys when you get blown up from the rear oh lovely we, yeah. we can just kick um, you alec when you get shot down there it's fine we'll do that for you you're welcome <laughs> So, I wasn't so, thinking of being kicked, but okay, we'll go with that. But the, the idea is that we're going from the very earliest days of computing. So we've got an Electron with, you know, um, Elite on it, um, right all the way through every version of Elite up to the most modern version in a full motion rig in VR as well. So you can play Elite on any version you love or loved is mm. the theory. Uh, yeah, because the one version I have never played has been the Archimedes version. I've really I, I have other... got that about 10 yards from where I'm sat now, and I've got about three of them. I've got a 3010 and a RISC PC. <laughs> Which, oh, so um, can I talk for a second about the, uh, the Paul Vernon Memorial Collection as well? Go on. So uh, Paul Vernon, elite player, um, one of our community, uh, back in 2022 or t- 2021 was diagnosed with a quite aggressive cancer. And um, he was on the forums talking to people saying, uh, uh, basically, I'm. how much can I swear? Um, it's it's play radio. Off you go. I'm fucked. Basically, I'm fucked. And it's, it's, about, it's about, I've got three months and I'm fucked. Um, and, oh, I remember uh, this, yes. Yeah, and um, now Paul um, ran the Retro Kit website and he had a collection of BBC and Archimedes and anything related equipment that he published on the internet and he exhibited in museums and he collected and restored and expanded and all sorts. Anyway, um, during his illness, he got in touch with the elite community and said, I just need some company. And a load of the elite community got together and kept him company in relay for his entire declining months, right up to the point he passed away. Um, Now, one of the things that we as a community promised him that we would help uh, Tracy, his other half, look after his collection after he passed away mm-hmm. and a year has passed now and we've been in touch with tracy and we're in a position now with her that we need to look after it and i um steve usher and i went to his house and walked into this room and went wow okay <laughs> that's a lot of equipment there's a hybrid music system um the hybrid music system has a keyboard and sounds and a thing you can move your hands near, like a theremin that makes noises. And it is a full audio engineering system, the BBC Micro. There's a Vela scientific system, which you can dip the probe into chemical compounds, liquids, whatever else, and it will tell you the chemical composition. This is, this is university-grade stuff. There are programmable keyboards 
touch panel keyboards from 1980s. There's a touch screen. There are, you know, literally anything you have now, he's probably got one of them from the 1980s, a prototype or whatever else. We walked in his house and it was an OMG moment. Now, he, he set some rules on this one. Number one, my collection won't be sold. Number two, my collection won't be bro- you know, broken up for bits. Uh, number three, it will go to some people who will love it and care for it and use it. It will not go to Dusty Box. So we have taken custody of the Paul Vernon Memorial Collection. Uh, Stephen Usher has been reworking the hybrid music system. I've been working on the Risk PC and the um, Archimedes A3010 and the Electron. Um, we, we've got Econet setups that are connected to the internet, so you can browse the internet on a BBCB. Wow. Oh, right. we, have, wow. we, we have got, I mean, trackballs, touchscreens, analog joysticks. I mean, literally, he's got one of everything. So what we've done is taken also a lot of his original games that he's got on on tape, the Castle of Riddles, Countdown to Doom, Welcome Pack. He's got pristine copies of them, and we've, we've actually um, boxed them. And Russell Pitcher, Commander Evenstar, has mm-hmm. created little plaques for the bottom as well, and they'll be on display there as well. Pristine copies of the games you remember from back in the day. Um, he's also got Amiga 1200. He's got an original C64 in-box, pristine, untouched, never been licked. Oh, dear. Yes. That Which is coming as working. Well. <laughs> well, I did power it up the other day. All oh, right. Okay. Um, fair enough. Then. So, so yeah, the PVMC um, is coming to the event uh, in his memory mm-hmm. to be loved by everybody and played. And the purpose was to try and get Elite running on one of everything Elite would run on, including oh, the NES. Cool. The NES, by the way. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, which apparently yeah. is David Braben's favorite copy of Elite is on the Nintendo. Is it really? Yes. I thought it. Was, yes. I thought it was the Arc. The Arc Elite. Well, no, he, he has publicly said that the Nintendo NES version of it is his favourite copy. He likes that because it's better than his PC. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> and it's still got canyons on it for Alec. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, now, that's not all that's there because you've uh, taken feedback from people and expanded the, the multiplayer games that are going to be available. Yeah, so when we started, obviously Elite was a new thing. So having a machine with a 4K screen and twin 980 graphics cards that ran Elite was quite cool to go and watch. But what we found was a lot of people sat there and played it on their own, and everybody sort of stood around and went, ooh, but we all know Elite now. We've played it a lot. Um, so what we looked at was what's most popular on these kind of social events and, and what do we love doing. We looked at the retro room from LaveCon. We looked at the retro room from the previous ECMs and realized that things like Gang Beasts and Mario Kart and, and racing were really popular. So what we've done is ditched an awful lot of the single-player sit-down, play-on-your-own-and-be-boring-on-your-own kind of things, and we've swapped them out for multiplayer games. Excellent. So we've got, we've got SingStar on the PS2. Oh, so there, no. There will be karaoke. You can rickroll your friends. Oh, my son no. and about Amazing. 11 people have been playing Amazing. that the last few days. We've got the iToy, which is the, you know where you move your hands around on the PS2 and touch things uh, with, yeah. with the iToy. Um, we've got the quiz game with the quiz buzzers on the PS2. We've got PS1. Uh, we've got the Wii. We've got the Nintendo Switch with Mario Kart, both versions. And by the way, I prefer them on the Wii. The graphics are better. Fair enough. Um, we, we've got 
Oh, I mean, fighting games and all sorts. We've got Artemis. Now, Bill Carey, uh, Zephod Beeble, back from the day in Alpha when we were all um, testing Alpha out, he was blockading one of the uh, star systems and, and blowing people up with cannons, as I recall. Okay. Um, yeah, he was the old pirate of... Oh, which system was it? Somebody help me. Uh, oh. We had Maple and All In. I boot Mace. No. No. It was no. one of those. Anyway, he used to blockade it and um, back in Alpha days. Uh, mm. But anyway, him and his brother are running the Artemis room. But but we've bought new lights because, unfortunately, Mr. Cow and Mr. Move can't join us, join us this year. So we've bought mm. our own lights, and he's added special sound effects. Oh. Is this, is this a special sound effects that... Um, if you get if you take critical damage, it replaces all the sound effects with the farmyard animals. Uh, no, no, but it might involve screaming a lot. Oh, that's good. Um, goat noises. Well, yeah, there and, you go. And, and being Welsh, maybe sheep noises. Anyway, um, so yes, we've got the Artemis room over in the boardroom, and we're going to take sign ups for teams for that one. But we have our own sound set up now, courtesy of Zephyr Beeble. Uh, we've got four player racing with steering wheels. So we've managed to find four steering wheels and Assetto Corsa. So we're going to be doing uh, Assetto Corsa time trials with four-player racing. Cool. Amazing. Um, we have a quiz. We have the raffle. By the way, the raffle looks awesome. Uh, we have the Lego Challenge. The Lego Challenge? Right. So we spotted on the internet that somebody had designed um, a Lego SRV. Yes. So the challenge and... is to make the Lego SRV. And so we we got in contact and said, um, "Oh, that looks cool." And um, would you mind if we had the list? He went, "Oh, it's it's, it's public." And we said, "Fine, we got the list." And so we went on Bricklink and downloaded all the bricks, and they went to yeah the, the website. So we went, "Oh, let's buy those things." We went, "Oh, some of them are rare." Anyway, we have bought two complete SRVs in brick form. Nice. Excellent. Um, <laughs> the plan is that there is a table in the middle of the event where all the raw bricks are going to be there, the instructions are going to be there, and the challenge for the audience is that uh, if everybody places three bricks and yeah. signs the booklet, then one SRV will be built. If everybody places three bricks, then two SRVs will be built. They are both going in the raffle. Oh, lovely. I'm just picturing the tragedy of someone carrying a Lego SRV out the building and tripping on a curb. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so, yes. The Schadenfreude that I would get from that would be incredible. <laughs> no, the, the tears involved would be awful. Yeah. So, anyway, we, we've got the Lego Challenge. I mean, obviously, we've got all the board games as well and the uh, Spank the Hanky Chess Challenge and the usual board games. But, yeah, we've had the, the Lego SRV thing because giving away a raffle prize that the community built itself and was designed by the community, it's sort of quite cool. Yeah, that's special. Yeah. That's really special. I love it. And Alec. Yes. So you're going to be there with Buckyballs? Um, some members of the Buckyball Racing Club will be there, for sure. There are some special super-secret treats from you guys, I understand. Oh, there are. For raffle, you mean? Yes. Yeah, there's a couple of nice Be- raffle prizes. Yeah, mm-hmm. beautiful raffle prizes. Um, LCU and Canon are going to be there, probably with Canon Cheese. <laughs> OMG. LCU's bringing his game, isn't he, as well? To and his new game? Yeah. Fair oh, call. Winking Cat. Winking Cat card game. Yeah. Heard- and Colin's also going to be there with his um, um, miniatures. miniatures. Yeah. God, I couldn't think of the word then. The whole elite managers thing. Now, um, we did have a message from Spider-Mind to say that due to RL, 
they'd love to be there. They can't be there this year. Oh, that's they're a shame. in spirit. Which is which is cool. But we wish that we'd know. Plenty of folks there anyway. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, other than that, we open at 10 on Saturday. Um, the private bar opens at 11, just for us. Um, I've been <laughs> negotiating with Sam about what, what what's on sale there. I went, I went uh, a week ago, and they went, oh, we've got all this beer. I went, oh, what's that? That's Carlsberg. That's crap. And um, that cider, Nocti will love that. And that's an American pale ale. That doesn't doesn't cut it. So apparently they've gone out and bought a barrel of something for us. Wow. <laughs> just only one on barrel. Now. Just a barrel. <laughs> oh dear. Well, last time they ran out and they had to go down the cash and carry and buy bottles of Doom Bar or cans of Doom Bar for us. So they've learned that lesson. Apparently that message got passed on. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, it's, we, we are contractually given enough bar staff such that the private bar does not get overwhelmed. No, get overwhelmed. Them. They've yeah. met us, right? They know what they, they've met us before. We've been there before, haven't we? We, we well, not on ECM, but I, I'm aware of bars that have been overwhelmed by elite commanders in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been, but, there's um, been Manchester, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, Manchester, for, um and, and Chef. anyway chef chef has been watching the weather apparently dinner is a barbecue so those of you that bought dinner chef is going to be setting fire to meat outside as long as it's not raining in which case he's going to be setting fire to it under an umbrella outside um anybody who's vegan vegetarian whatever else is going to be catered for on a plate by plate basis by chef who is awesome um yeah norman love it did i mention norman love it no, you haven't mentioned Norman Lovett. For those of you who who are uneducated, who is he? Uh, Holly from Red Dwarf <laughs> is going to turn up. Um, a bit like with Frontier, he's not there to be quizzed or do panels, whatever else. He's turning up and joining in. I can't be wait. for the day. That's so <laughs> exciting. Yeah. He That's is not so giving exciting. talks. He's basically, I mean, he's in his 70s now. I mean, basically, he's going to turn up. He did, you know. And he's going to join in the games. Um, apparently, he's hosting our raffle. So Steph has stepped aside this year. We've got Holly doing the raffle. Holly but, is doing uh, the raffle and probably the quiz and a few giveaways. Um, I can't wait. I literally can't wait. There are rumours that if you can stay awake that late, Holly might get drafted in for Dockers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be a... At which oh, point, oh. Mr. Shouty is just going to... Immediately expire. No, he, he will, won't he? he will. He's a big yes. fan. I've read the shots from Dockers. That might have to be in a closed room with, with no mobile cameras allowed. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> if we do that, we might have to cut the stream. There will be a live stream. Um, we don't have Cal this year, so Little Grey has stepped up to say, I'll do all of that. Um, we'll do what we can. I mean, we're inventing it as we go along because it's built by the community and we'd love to have cow and move there, but um, they can't do it. So we're going to step up and do our best to emulate a cow and a move. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, I was saying to everybody, I was, I was visiting a cow over the weekend and yeah, it's, it's personal circumstances means that you can't make it down. Which no, is, it's, it's, Scott, it's a, it's a long way. It's a shame. Yeah, I mean the cannonball won't. Yeah, they, it won't yeet them that far. <laughs> <laughs> we can certainly try. I did try. I, I tried really hard, but he does send his love. Um, and I mean, other than that, it, it's it's an odd one because the event doesn't have stands or stalls or uh, sponsors. Um, 
it's put on literally by all of us for each other. Yeah. So it has a different vibe. Frontier are there, by the way. We have Sally, we have Arf, we've got Derin, we've got Tom, uh, we've got Dav. Yeah, who are going to be there. Amazing. Tom's my favourite comfy developer. I like like that Derin's there. I feel feel like someone needs to deliver the Only Fools and Horses line to him and say, you don't work here anymore, you idiot. We were hoping for Dom as well, because Dom and Dav have been a fixture at ECM for a long time, but Dom can't make it. Um, But yes, so Darren has done some of our sketches before. Dav is a fixture at these things. Yeah, Dav always loves turning up. The man, the legend. Wow. One day (laughs) is not enough to pack all this in. I suppose the reminder I have to give everybody, there are no panels. They are not giving away secrets. There are no reveals. Literally, they are there as part of us, the community. I feel like I feel like a good comparison would be to say that if you went to the elite meet like straight after COVID, but yes. with more sort of like games and stuff available. Very would much you say so. that was ac- accurate? Yes, only this yeah. time with better. <laughs> you don't have to climb tons of stairs. I don't have to it. climb stairs. Me oh, is this the one you're talking about in Cambridge? So, yeah, the Cambridge one where we all had to walk upstairs. Yeah. There, there are stories about what happened there. Uh, I've got stories about what happened there as well. Oh, maybe ever a bit at this one. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I suppose the thing I've got to say about Frontier being there is that, you know, don't corner them. They're not there on work. I know they are sort of there for work, but um, they're there as part of us. They're there to enjoy. They're there to relax. So if they want to play, I don't know, Elite Miniatures or Gang Beasts or whatever else, that's what they're there for, to be part of us. Um, they're not there as Frontier to be quizzed and grilled and, and whatever else. So anybody called um, grilling Arthur, if Arthur doesn't deal with it, I will. I, and then if, if Dave doesn't deal with it, I will. And I don't know what's scarier. <laughs> so you win. You win hands down. Yeah. I I like I will I will release chaos and then you won't know what to happen. Now, psychic, you know this one. We are raising money for two charities as well. Mm-hmm. You are. Yes. Uh, special effect and hearing dogs. Yep. So Alvin. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Alvin will be there. Um, it was his tenth birthday two days ago, but oh, he will wow. be there in person. He is now ten. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very very old dog now, isn't he? No, it's, it's a young dog. Ten is fine. For Ten's Alvin. fine. How yes. dare you? How fucking He's mature. dare you? <laughs> He's mature. Um, and obviously. Uh, for special effects as well. Now, this is going to be the first outing, as far as I can tell, for Baz in a couple of years. Oh, right. We didn't see Baz at LaveCon last year, um, so Baz and Ali will be there in person. Cool. It'll be good to see Baz. It will be. Yeah. Uh, Baz needs... <laughs> Baz, lots of hugs for Baz. We miss Baz. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Baz and Ali from Special Effect will be there. Um they're not running any demos of the special effect gear because the, the the best demos are like, look at their videos. Really? Honestly, they're once again, they're there as part of our community and we love Baz. So hey, Dave, um, very min- quickly, just to, just to interrupt, could you just confirm about the accessibility of the area of the um, place for me? Is it nice, lovely and wheelchair accessible and all of that nonsense? It is flat. So Fantastic. you pull up out the front, there is a little ramp up to the front door and you wheel through the little ramp and you turn right, and you wheel into the room, and it is perfectly flat. And if you want to go out of the secret garden, you wheel out the corner door and into the secret garden. It might be lumpy-bumpy because it's grassy, but I can't deal with that bit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other than that, it's all on ground floor. It's all wheelchair accessible. It's all mobility accessible. Um, my other half will be joining us who has mobility questions as well. 
she might have a walking stick with her. So yeah, <laughs> I have a, a good reason for making sure it is not upstairs. Phenomenal. Um, yeah, so it is all on the same level as the entrance, um, including loading, everything else. It's all wheelchair accessible. Um, it's all vegan accessible. It's all, it, basically, it's accessible. Woohoo! Excellent. We, we still we and, stand an accessible party that doesn't Exactly, and if anything, if anything is rubbish, you come and talk to me and I make it go away. Excellent. Incredible. Cool. Oh, wait. and one, one final thing to, to, uh, to say. If anybody there does try to hassle any of the guys from FDev about Raxler, forget it. <laughs> they imagine? don't know. They don't know. Not, no one's going to be doing that. They don't know. The there, there was only two so we're going to ask knew. once, only once. Yeah, there's the, we know that there's two th- there's two questions that is always asked: is what where's Raxler and what about the T and Isla graveyard? Those are always the two things that are asked. And possibly if they were a guest during Totally Blank, which is an elite parody, blankety blank, Mike Raxler is in blank might be one of the questions. But, you know, <laughs> that's it. That's all the hassle. Right. Um, Okay, well, we're going to take a short ad break, uh, and then we'll come back with some of the in-game events which have been happening this week. Dreams. Humanity's dreams. The hope to live among the stars. From early times, we've gazed up to the heavens and wondered if one day we could travel there. Maybe even live there. Brewer Corporation has made this dream a reality. Constructing intricate cathedrals of metal, circling numerous planets across thousands of systems in our human bubble. Why stay rooted in a gravity well when you can be free in orbit, free to dream, free to live, and one day to become commander and be free to blaze your own trail. Brewer Corporation, the first step into the unknown. Come join us. Be free. Have you been affected by Azimuth Biotech's provocation of the Fargoid Menace? At Turner & Fig, we're ready to pursue claims against Azimuth Biotech as part of our class action lawsuit. My son has started worshipping the Thargoid God and keeps bringing home human sacrifices. Am I entitled to compensation? Yes, you are. My daughter was aboard the Bright Sentinel. I keep calling Azimuth to find out where she is, but I always get their voicemail. Thank you for calling Azimuth Biotech. We're sorry, but salvation is not available. Please leave your message after the tone. Am I entitled to compensation? Yes, you are. I was selling escape pod occupants into slavery, but now Thargoids keep taking the escape pods instead. Am I entitled to compensation? I suppose so. Thousands, maybe millions of people are due compensation from Azimuth Biotech. Contact us today. Turner and Fig, cleaning out Azimuth Biotech for a huge portion of your compensation. 
There's bargains, bargains, bargains at Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium. Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium haven't just been slicing carcasses, but also slicing their prices. All unspecified meat sausages, now two for the price of one. A pack of assorted meat steaks, now with 50% more meat at half the price. How about chops? Our surprising meat chops, now also 50% off. And introducing our massive meat hamper, it's a family of four. No, 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 that should say feeds a family of four, right? Stick to the script, Claire. It says it's a family of four. Okay, I'll stick to the script. Yeah, you do that. It's a family of four. Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium. Find us in the Lave Business Directory or visit us next to the station mortuary. Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium. You'll wonder how our prices are so low. And welcome back. Now, what has been happening in the game itself? Well, we've actually had a few, quite a few, uh, Galnet articles over the last last week or so. Um, last Wednesday, on the 9th of August, um, the headline was Thargoid Scythes Undermine Human, Undertake, rather, uh, Human Harvest. Uh, this was the evaluation of the new scythe vessel that... Uh, uh, Aiden Tanner uh, made an assessment of its capabilities. I think we all know now what it's like. <laughs> um, I don't. Oh, yeah, no, you haven't, because you're too busy casting no, fireballs. No, 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 I've been playing. I've been playing Elite. I've been streaming. I've not been doing any other things. I've been playing Elite on stream. I'm, I've still not seen one yet, which is quite nice. It's not, actually, because you really want to. It's, it's worth it. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Those motherfuckers look scary. <laughs> <laughs> On Thursday, um, Aegis announced that it is investigating missing populations. Um, after they've done a whole lot um, of other other evaluations about missing, uh, looking up statistics and, and things like that, they have now decided that there's tens of millions of humans actually missing. You'd think somebody would have noticed earlier, but anyway... Yeah. It speaks to bookkeeping in in the thirty three hundreds, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, can uh, I jump in for a second yeah, here? Sure. As per last week's Hutton Orbital show, we postulated that possibly people were doing it deliberately and delivering tens of millions of people to the scythes to try and experience the experience for themselves, and as such, feeding the problem. I'm certainly responsible for 10 of those. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I've not done any of it yet. <laughs> I was, um, but I did check to see how many, you know, I've been saying that I've got like 150 on my um, on my fleet carrier. It's closer to 250 and I feel bad. Yeah, and the, the elite <laughs> community might be feeding scythes or waving them about going, oh, come and get me um, or smell this. Doesn't it smell tasty to try and see the scythes? And we might be... Yeah, contributing to our own doom at this point. Amazing. Well, we, we don't seem to be, because at the moment uh, we've got no evasion systems 
the alert systems are wiped off the off incredibly quickly. You say that, yeah. you say all that, but then when, when even more people disappear. <laughs> no, the thing is, they might be going in their own invasion systems, but they're, they're taking all the humans. What are they for? I mean, why um, are they? Are, are they eating them? Are they human popsicles? Are they sitting looking at them like a lolly, frozen? Or are they experimenting on them and going to unleash the next equivalent of the mycoid plague, but on us in a couple of weeks? And there's going to be a CG outbreaks everywhere, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that, uh, the birds have been discussing this, and uh, I know that it's been discussed in uh, other streams as well, where people are there thinking, well, it's going to be one of three things. We're either food, or they're going to be zombies, or they're... Or... I really don't want it to be zombies. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that loose screws were, were saying exactly the same thing. I'm getting a 28 days later vibe. <laughs> off the you know you land there the scavengers are bad enough but when you get 28 days later running zombies yeah that oh yeah it all depends on the kind of zombies we get isn't it I not just, running it zombies not like shambling a cop, it just feels like such a cop out yeah. i was gonna say i'd feel cheated i'd feel massively yeah. cheated out of something else if it was just zombified uh npcs I mean, if that's the plan that's the plan and it will have been set in motion a long long time ago well, there, there was... If you sort of read the room and listen to the forums and various streamers and things, uh, yeah, people are going to be um, quite salty. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Zombified humans. The, there there the... was um, a question asked about uh, in a stream or one of their live things. Is I think it was one of the sofa chats they had. Is this like peak Thargoid? And I think the the feedback from the devs came. Oh no, this is not peak Thargoid right that now. That was. That was, was a on sofa. The, on the, that was the Q and A after the the last um, the 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 update thing where they they gave us a little bit of a sneak peek. Yeah, that was that was a Q and A after that, and I'll tell you how I know that because I asked the question. Dave. <laughs> you were, so, okay. you asked the question. Asked that question, and they went, "Is this no? Is this the no? Is this not peak Thargoid? Yeah, I was like, "Is this uh, is this like the culmination and the peak of the Thargoid War?" And they were like, "Absolutely not," which is why I'm kind of like. With us constantly, there being no invasion states and all of that kind of shit, it's just like, well, mm. is it not the peak? No, there might have been Dev Glee and Dev rubbing of hands and possibly more yeah, yeah, yeah. at that point, you know? You know what I'm hoping for? I mean, it, it's kind of a halfway house, really, surprisingly enough. Um, I'm hoping that we do get kind of zombies, but they're controlled by a, a on-foot Thargoid. So if you manage to get the on-foot Thargoid, all the humans wake up and go, what the hell was I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe all those sleeping people that we've seen in the stations were them working on the uh, zombie modelling. <laughs> Making sure it's, it's in the part, you know, if you're... Well, I mean, who remembers what um, reading the original um, Dark Wheel book, uh, Robert Holdstock book? Yeah, they had Thargoids in in, inside the in, cocoons. Yeah. And they were they they were in no they were inside sort of turtle shaped things or something weren't they they were they they scanned them and they they were inside them controlling them but they weren't thargoids they were oh, what was the other it was the beginning with them milifs or something like that yeah I can't remember but anyway but, did you get on yet to the news the most recent news or am I preempting that you're preempting that in which we'll case I'm going to go shh, shh, shh. yes shh. you're not on hot knob until now nope. <laughs> nope. I've got the whip here. <laughs> right. On Monday the 14th, we've got the distant Thargoid encounter, which raises questions. Now, 
this is exactly what Dave was just mentioning. <laughs> there is a, a commander who, well, it wasn't a commander. Let's be honest. It was a uh, <clears throat> a rather, how, how, how do you put it? Sort of a NPC, non-player character. It was a non-player character, that, a new one that they've brought into the game. Um, new name. New name. Renia Rakowski. Uh, hashtag made up name. Um, we have. Uh, who has <laughs> All names encountered... are made up, Colin. Commander <laughs> yeah. in air quotes. Mine wasn't. That was given to me. Anyway, um, we've got. Uh, they got interdicted or hyperdicted by Thargoids, which doesn't sound too bad, but these Thargoids were at least a thousand light years away from where they should have been. They weren't anywhere near the uh, the local uh, Thargoid war that we've got. And when people went out there, they discovered not only Thargoid, com- uh, Thargoid encounters, but also what looks like a new Thargoid Guardian war zone, or the remnants of one, which got everybody really excited. Which is wild, because it... it puts another site like so far away mm-hmm. it's bonkers and madness it's interesting isn't it why they're what the sort of background is to why i mean you, you know think... obviously humans have been all over the galaxy i mean absolutely crawled every inch of it or at least 0.05 percent of every inch of it so why wouldn't these other two species do the same i suppose do you feel this was always there and this no. is a signpost, or do you think this is new? It's a good question. I think I would, this is I would a signpost. Say was, I would say that it's new, but um, it's new, not maybe, maybe not from update 16, maybe from update 15, and now it's been signal boosted because it hasn't been found in I mean, the period of time that they were expecting. Yeah, 100%. If you filter your galaxy map on Civilization Guardian, for example, does this system get a little... Coloured dot now. Ooh, I don't oh. know. Somebody ask LCU quick. Because that would be because if it does, then I would suggest it's only just so been added. Does this lend itself to the old Aresians and um, Klaxian? No. 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 It's Guardians friendly Thargoids. No. Not the Thargoids there aren't attacking on site like the ones in the Maelstrom area. This is, no, yeah, but they, were, they the weren't. One. They weren't. They don't attack in the Witchhead either. In no, the okay. Witchhead, they don't attack on site. Dave raises a point that I find interesting, and it, it's also sort of highlighted in the next Galnet article we're about to come on to, which is they do they do seem to be signposting this non-aggressive hyperdiction. Now, mm. at the time, when I first read it, I completely ignored that fact because we had non-aggressive, hypo, you know, Thargoid hyperdictions for years. I mean, that's that was almost the norm. And so I didn't raise a single eyebrow on this first story. And it was only when they literally signposted again in the next story, I thought, hmm, Frontier are really trying to draw our attention to the idea that Thargoids are now, I'm doing air quotes around now, um, hyperdicting non-aggressively. I I feel like there's a a side to it where... um where you you could effectively argue different races, but it's more likely to be, in my opinion... um, in this, in the same way that people are multifaceted, and there are, we've had a big thing about pro Thargoid people that have just, and that's just happened. Yeah. Um, it's also saying, hey, look, the like Thargoids are more dynamic pro as well. Thargoid. Yeah, yeah. We we talked we talked we talked about it earlier today. Um, and 
like Thargoid, Thargoid curious people, and maybe there are people, people curious Thargoids. Wasn't there an episode of Doctor Who with a nice Dalek? Yes, there is. Yes. Yeah. There you go. So, <laughs> it's, like, it's like that. Just like could, that. Could, could it be, I mean, you know those symbols they had on the side of Thargoids, the different, mm. um, like yeah, decals, but Thargoid yeah, they, ones? They, 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 it's different kind of clans, don't they? they Has anyone eight, studied eight the symbols on those right? guys to check if they're a different? I don't know. Yes, we haven't Fact seen it because the Rex. The oh, have they got blue hair? The their boss. I don't know if the Rex have symbols on them. Do they? Do they? Maybe I, they do. I, they might do. They might do. Um, I know that people have been flying around out there in the hopes of also getting hyperdicted, which hasn't come to fruition. I mean, the old adage about you know, do not poke the bee's nest. If you don't want to get well, stung, you well, sit there with a stick. And... <laughs> why tell people about it? <laughs> I mean, the first. I think the article that you're mentioning so far said, you know, people are encouraged to stay away from this area while they study it. Do not. And the first thing the that button. actually actually happened was everyone went there. Um, and looked at this guardian site as well, a military guardian site. I think people looking at. Yeah, there were. There's. Um... Yeah, there's a military. There's a couple of places where there's a military guardian site, and also what looks like your typical uh, guardian. And, now, um, the one that we blew up, that went sort of like green and blue and went blue. Oh, Thargoid hit, site. Twenty-two. Yeah, that was Thargoid. We we blew that up with guardian relics. Yes, and then the guard, the the Thargoids went. Ah, nice try, and then flipped it. Yeah. And flipped it on us. I mean, yeah. I, I'm getting the same kind of sort of building some story towards, you know, I don't know, Guardians going boom the same way. and <laughs> Introduction of Guardians? Well, we'll just have to wait and see on this one because there is one very important thing that people have discovered. Um, through that entire area um, around um, Rego GA-X B3-0, um, there is one locked system. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I got this from the birds today. Um, there is one locked system which is pretty close, and there's there's no other reason why that system's locked. No, obviously, when a locked system is, you can't even view what's what's inside the uh, what's inside that system. But uh, they're, they're suspecting that maybe sometime on Thursday that will become unlocked. When did they say that update seventeen was coming? They, that's the thing they haven't. Um, they did say that there was a kind of a, a point release coming, uh, which is um, round about October, about for Halloween. I, that's what we suspect. But that's not supposed to be the whole update seventeen, unless they've gone and changed it. Okay. So we'll just have to wait on that one. Uh, so yeah. That that's that's the that's that's one thing about the the distant Thargoid encounter. However, the next story, which was just finally released today, was that um, alien abduction evidence has increased. Um, yeah, Alec, you wanted to talk about this one? Uh, no, not especially. Oh, Only right, me. okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> To some it, it's happening. <laughs> I, think, I, I think this is the one that highlights um, that, that signal boosts um, passive Thargoid high predictions, isn't it? I'm skimming it now, trying to remember if this was the one. 
Plow yeah, on. right at the end, I urge everyone to study Commander Rakovsky's recent report, which proves that not every Thargoid sees as an, as an enemy. So it's literally going, lads, there are Thargoids, but this is also, this is a Xeno peace activist, so his view is going to be entirely skewed as well because um, humans are imperfect. Well, all of well, you humans are imperfect. Timothy Culver said during that conversation that humans have been capturing and experimenting on Thargoids since we first yeah, encountered yeah. them. Um, so we do not have the moral high ground on this one. Mm-hmm. But also, peace activist. So um, still skewed. Humans are um, humans have full imper- imperfections. Also, also as per the um, sorry, go on. No, no, you first. Like, oh, I was just going to say, as per the some of the logs on the um, the the Far God mega ship. Um, this this has a very dark paragraph in the middle of it. <laughs> doesn't it? There's, there's some dark oh stuff God, coming out yeah. of Frontier at the moment. My, my ex-husband took our kids to visit his family last November, just before the Maelstroms arrived. The last message was so happy, telling me their adventures, promising to call me tomorrow, but there was no tomorrow, just static from the entire system. Every day since I've contacted the refugee um, centres, repeating their names over and over, it's my whole life now, there's nothing else. And I have to add, just on the back of that, am I entitled to compensation for no reason? <laughs> i feel i feel i feel like me and chris uh, me and chris mcform might be flying a little bit too close to the sun at the moment with some of our fans (laughs) yeah we're we're getting we're getting dark and then uh, frontier are just are just dropping to our level (laughs) frontier are like bet bitches let's go (laughs) oh yeah you think you can go dark yeah hold my beer yeah We, we can go darker, we can do this, we can go darker. <laughs> I mean, Arf, Arf is fairly dark. I mean, he does yeah. enjoy, yeah, the dark side of it. Excellent. Right, well, we will leave the uh, the Galnet news for the moment. We're going to take another break, and then we'll come back with our, our main discussion. Are you thinking of suing over missile Python protection insurance? Had an accident in an airlock or slipped in a space station cargo bay and thinking of suing for compensation? Well, don't. I tried to take my ship commander to court for making fertiliser out of my crewmates. Legal fees have left me with nothing, and now I'm hungry. All the time. At Watt and Pritney, we take small print very seriously. We have a massive team of lawyers just waiting to block your case and ramp up your legal costs. I wanted a simple, no-win, no-fee arrangement. My case got blown out of the water by Watt and Pritney, and now I have to rent out my arse for hydrogen fuel. At Watt and Pritney, we have a saying. If you don't want a beating, stay out of our court. I was savaged by a wild creature whilst fixing a vending machine. Can't I claim compensation? No, you can't, because we have a massive team of lawyers and you're just someone who works for a living. Watt and Pritney. Don't even think about it. Protecting settlements from villainous scum, it's Settlement Patrol Man. The action figure every child wants. Wearing the all-new Manticore Dominator suit with light-up jump assist thrusters. Press his backpack to hear Settlement Patrol Man speak. Not seen you around here before, Commander. Is that a Karma P-15 in your pocket, or are you just pleased to see me? Hey, don't point out at me. When the arm sound settlement patrolman rides into action in his surface reconnaissance vehicle with pop-up turret and glow-in-the-dark wheel trims. Settlement Patrolman. Surface reconnaissance vehicle and action figure sold separately. Available from branches of Lay Toy Depot and other retailers. Microelectrode, ion battery, and circuit switch not included. New from Azimuth Biotech, it's Tickle Me Thargoid. (laughs) 
Bumblebee Thargoid is fun for all the family. Teach your little anti-Xeno commander the difference between an Orthrus and a Cyclops, a Basilisk and a Medusa. Count the hearts. One, two, three, four. It's a Cyclops. Teach them their weakness and how to exploit them. Now rip out the hearts. One by one. I don't want to. Do it. Using the tool. Do it. Now stomp on its face. Smash its face in. I've got them. Tickle Me Thargoid. Available now from branches of Lave Toy Depot and other retailers. Good uh, evening and welcome back because uh, we're going to actually uh, touch on a bit of nostalgia for everybody. Um, the big question of the week was, um, what was your elite origin story? You know, the first time you heard about the game, first time you played the game, basically the first time you ever got into a Cobra Mark III. So um, I think I'll... I th- and a psychic, you've you've gone and talked about this quite a lot, but just in case there's nobody who has heard, how did you? What's your you know what? origin story? You know what? When when I wrote this question, I did. I totally forgot that it was a question that we asked as part of like the mm. flight assist and one of those things. And I know that we've had the answer from all of you already, um, and I've talked about it as well. But you know, n- nothing wrong with a little bit of nostalgia. Um, I was really late to elite in comparison to like. The rest of you old fucks. <laughs> I was I, I was really I was really really late to Elite. I was um my very very good friend Elvis Kremen bought me a copy of the game because he and my husband were playing it quite a lot and he bought me a copy of the game and he went I don't think you're going to enjoy this and I went yeah I'm probably not going to enjoy it um but I'll give it a go anyway and he bought me it Christmas of 2016 and I um. You know what? I've, I've had a good think about it. I've played it a little bit and I think I quite like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was my story. And I sat down and um, the rest is pretty much history. It was it was wonderful. It's, a, it's it. Yeah, it was an amazing, amazing time. Blame your husband then. Sorry? Blame your husband then. <laughs> Well, I, I would, I would blame, I would blame Kremen. I was sad. I was sick of being like this third wheel for um, my husband and Kremen playing together. And Kremen was like, "I'll just buy you the fucking game." <laughs> <And> he, <laughs> he bought me the game. You won't like it though. And then, um, absolutely, the rest is history. Six, well, now seven accounts later. I got, got to get used to saying seven now. But seven accounts later, and I'm, and I'm still yeah. playing, and I'm still going strong, and it's wonderful. Excellent, Chris. How how did you get? What's your elite origin story then? Well, I I heard about it on uh, BBC Click. Um, so BBC Click covered it when the Kickstarter first appeared, and I sort of took a mental note and went, "Oh, that sounds quite interesting." That's you know, but I wasn't too sure about Kickstarter and platforms like that at the time. But I took a little mental note, and then it came back around about the launch event. They did another bit of coverage of the game. And they basically pitched this one-to-one scale galaxy where you can jump in a a spaceship, point in a direction, and go wherever you want. And I was like, I've got to get this game now. 
So massively regret not jumping on the Kickstarter when that happened. But yeah, it, it was all down to the BBC. Um, so they could, they could do no wrong in my book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Because um, I remember that BBC article, but I'll, I'll touch on that later. Mm. Um, Alec? Yeah, pretty classic origin story, I suspect. Yeah, because I played original Elite on the BBC Micro back in the 80s when it came out, played it to death, um, mm. recognised it as something very different from the sort of three lives and over and then play the game again and try and do better kind of formula, you know. Um, completely loved that that sort of ethos of, of I guess it was new at the time, you know, outside of sort of D&D circles and things of sort of an open world computer game was like, what? (laughs) You know, you just, you start in a space station and you can do whatever you like. What? I don't understand. But I loved it. And, um, and I, yeah, so I didn't hear about the Kickstarter at all until, funny enough, I'm just, I'm literally looking at my receipt now. It seems that I paid, I bought Elite in September 2014. So October, November, so about three, four months before official release, I guess, three months before official release. Cool. Um, so I missed out on the Kickstarter but because I just hadn't heard that this was happening. But obviously, you know, being a long-time 1980s elite fan, the minute I saw that this was happening and that it was Braben and that it was a reimagining, it was like, yeah, where, where, where do I empty my wallet? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty much the same for me for that one. Um, yeah. 1984, I think it was on the ZX Spectrum. Yeah, uh, it finally got ported over from the BBC. It was the only game people on the the Spectrum and the Commodore 64 were jealous of the BBC because <laughs> as soon as that game came out, everybody went mental for it. And um, yeah, so I got I got hooked in on the ZX Spectrum version. And I played every single version all the way f- through the Amiga, the the ST, the the PC. There is a point where you actually get burnt out of it, and then then he comes, then Breven comes up with Frontier, and you get addicted to doing Frontier. Uh, but then eventually, you hear, surprisingly enough, not long after Star Citizen was announced, was that actually. We've got our own version coming out now. And when I heard that Elite Dangerous was coming out, it was a case of, right, cancel my Star Wars The Old Republic uh, subscription, and every single bit of cash that would have gone into that went into uh, into building up, or jointing up, as it used to be called, the, uh, the Kickstarter pledge. And yeah, so I was able to scrape into the alpha and... Uh, the rest of it is Libre Deal history. So. <laughs> yes. So, so that's my origin story. Um, however, everybody else really, really enjoyed this question. I, we have it, so many responses. We've got a lot of responses. Um, it, it ranges from wholesome to wholesome as fuck. So I really do love this. It's been great. It's been great to read. Um, we've had Frank87 who said, I read about Elite in Popular Computing Weekly. I was jealous that the BBC owners were playing such a great game. I got my copy as soon as it came out for the ZX Spectrum. I bought all the sequels, but they were never as good as the original until Elite Dangerous. Alec, do you want to take the next one? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, Sias Rezi, Kaias Rezi, from hours of playing the original and months of Frontier Elite 2, I think eight-year-old me even sent a design of the Viper Mark II to Mr. Braben. It let my imagination grow and enhance my game experience. That's amazing. I love nice. that. Mm. Yeah, because I do remember that there was a school people who played this game, they ended up writing pages and pages of, of well, it would be fan fiction back then, you know, but on yeah. paper. They, they, you know, this was unheard of. I know it surprised quite a few English teachers because <laughs> what are you doing writing this? You don't write. What's wrong with you? Anyway, um, Chris, do you want to take the next one? Yep, it would help if I'm not on mute. Uh, Commander Tal uh, uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, apologies. Uh, watched my dad play the Wing Commander series in the 90s. By the time I was old enough to manage a sim and had a frost masker, uh, GOG didn't exist and sims died out, so jump ahead to late college and I moved back to PC games. A friend showed me Horizons and I bought it on the Steam sale immediately. Amazing. Amazing, I love that. Yeah, it's amazing how many times you, you get this game being passed around by word of mouth, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, th- this one is um, uh, dark-minded. Uh, he was actually, um, it was the fact that he was following David Braben on, on Twitter, or, or rather on a social network, not sure which one, uh, and he posted about the long-lasting dream of bringing the, back the Elite series. Um, he found a city and an ant on YouTube and was hooked. Uh, bought the the backers pack as soon as he could afford it. So, yeah, there was amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I must admit, I was I was there um, every month thinking, right, okay, can I put a little bit more in this month because I I really want to take part in the alpha, which was quite high up at the time. Yeah. Um, was it not like know? was it not like basic entry to get you out en- entrance to the the alpha? Then it you had to pay like a specific deer to get an alpha access. Oh yeah, it, it oh, was. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, um, it 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 was quite expensive. We're talking. Um, I, I'm not going to say out loud. Actually, multiple yeah. figures of numbers. <laughs> I'm, not good to, I, I, I'm not going to say because there are people with ears. <laughs> yeah. We we had um we have Kesnick who was a 1984 veteran always have loved their space games and played them all throughout the years they've been playing Eve Online for over for eight years when the Kickstarter was announced and they decided to go back to the game that started it all still here and as much in love yeah. you love to see it you fucking love to see it amazing <laughs> next up and yes I'm gonna say I did try Eve I did try honest. Yeah, I thought I a space I. game. I want. I wanted a space game that could fly a ship, and then when you're actually in Eve, you find out you're not really flying the ship. There's a free uh, trial, wasn't there, for Eve? I think it's free. It was, in, it, it's free. It, heavy air quotes. It's free in the okay. same way that Overwatch is free. <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. and World of Tanks for, is free. <laughs> I played it for a fixed period of time, but yeah, it's it's not flying a spaceship, is it? Uh, not really. It's like a spreadsheet. Uh, David, mm, I don't know if this is a typo. I want to say David Chi or David Che. That's how it was spelled on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go David Che. I like that. Elite Plus, Amiga, 14 years old. No booklet, wiki, or Reddit. Low vocabulary, 
brackets French, strange but striking encounter. Next was Frontier, a new milestone passed with Elite Dangerous, VR space trucking, voice attack and listening live radio musics and ads as it was available. Thank you, 07. Oh, oh. we're so sorry. We're so, so sorry. <laughs> Davidchi. Oh, so so sorry, and I'm so sorry for but we're so sorry for buttering your name because it's clearly not something that's in our language. Our apologies. <laughs> uh, Philip uh, Coots, uh, my brother bought it for our Acorn Electron. First memory is that I couldn't dock. I could do the flying fine, but I had to get my brother to dock until we had enough credits for the autopilot. Got involved with ED during the Kickstarter, thanks to the BBC article, and still playing now. I, that is kind of true. It's like when you when you play and then you suddenly yeah. <laughs> you're just thrown out into it wasn't much of a tutorial when I started playing the game either. So you just kind of thrown out and go, eh, what do I do now? And then the station blows you up. Um that's I think that's the way you're supposed to start. <laughs> that sounds right. Blaze your own trail. Bye. <laughs> Blaze your own trail. Uh, also we're blazing here. you with these lasers. Uh have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Right, uh, we've got uh, Pat Palette next. Um, used to play the original on the Amiga. Me and the mate used to see if we could get to competent before lunchtime, followed by Frontier Elite 2. Uh, loved the rubbish cheat, which meant you could get an Eagle Fighter with a 655 light year jump range. Then moved on to ED on the PS4, and then finally onto the PC. So. That's yeah. a journey. That's a it journey a and journey. a half. You see, the thing was when you know, when the previous guy was going on about the docking, the docking itself actually is a hell of a lot easier when you've got a th- uh, you've actually got the three D docking port instead of the square, because <laughs> it's so difficult to line it up properly. Yeah, it's true. Actually, I, I went, and I'm, I'm far too young to remember all of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I don't know why no, I apologise. Sorry, we're not bothering. <laughs> I don't know why I apologise. We 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 know your 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 apology doesn't count for much. So, you know. <laughs> um, Commander Ananda Miani used to get um micro related computer magazines and knew about it from those. They occasionally got to experience the posh BBC version on a school school computer, but their own copy of Elite was on the ZX Spectrum. They don't think they've played any game more, not even Warlock or Firetop Mountain. That sounds like my kind of game, Warlock or Firetop Mountain. Oh, good grief. Um, Warlock or Firetop Mountain is a game book. Huh. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And make your own adventure book, you mean? Yeah, it was one of those. It's basically D&D, but in a book. Okay, cool. Oh, I am being now told by uh, someone better than me that it was also a computer game. So that's, that's me told. Converted, probably. Hala, next. A good friend of mine was playing it, so I decided to check it out, and naturally I got hooked because I have a very deep interest in space, and I love the scope of Elite's Galaxy. Here, here. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, uh, Happy Moon Monkey. Uh, During COVID, uh, looking for a game to play with a friend, he suggested Elite. I realised I'd got it for free on Epic months earlier. Result. Um, We spend a couple of hours wondering why we couldn't see each other in game to eventually realise there was no cross-play at all. Uh, They both played on PC afterwards, though, so they got to hang out together. I like the happy ending to that. I was worried it was going to be, and then I I couldn't play with my friend, but the happy ending is they both played on PC together. I like the happy ending. 
I love the happy ending, and I love the happy ending is that Happy Moon Monkey was like, no, you're coming to PC. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than it being the other way around. They made the right choice. <laughs> they did, actually, yes. Hindsight 2020 and yes. that, holy shit. Yes. Amazing. Yeah, we've got Commander Zulu Romeo, friend of the show. Uh, I have heard of Elite from the BBC Micro Days. I was too young to even try it back then. Then Frontier Elite 2 came out, and as I, as I was into space games at that point, I thought I'd give it a shot and loved it. Built great memories. Then the ED Kickstarter happened, and I jumped in at the chance. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much... Uh, a lot of people's experience listening to the show. Yeah, sounds like it. Amazing. Phil Blackwell, after the school computer club, we had a leak on the school's BBC computer. Um, I was offered the chance to be a gunner for another lad who would steer the ship from system to system. Hours of joy just pressing one bloody key. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I remember doing that, playing computer games, and like, you, you take the left key and I'll, <laughs> I'll do the right. You'd think that I would have done that with my sister, but we genuinely took turns. I can't remember playing individual bits. It's a bit silly playing individual bits. It's quite funny. but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I do remember some people actually, one person was, was actually rotating the ship and the other person would just press the A key yeah. for I mean, shooting or targeting slag- missiles. <laughs> you could slag off multi-crew all you like, but it's come a long way. <laughs> I've, just been, I've just been told reliably by my sister that we played two-player games because we're too young for having to share a thing. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm really not. <laughs> well, here's an interesting thing. Um, I'm trying to work out how much a... Uh, a BBC Micro would have cost you the the equivalent today, and if a, a BBC Micro would have cost you about eight hundred to nine hundred pounds, the wow. equivalent. I knew it wasn't cheap. No, well, it was three hundred pounds back then. You could get a yeah. Spectrum for about one hundred and twenty pounds, and that was still pretty expensive. It, it was, you know, so it was a big chunk of cash back then. But three hundred pounds, yeah, you're, you're talking high end PC. Yeah, yeah, you are, aren't you? <laughs> equivalent. And the work. Who read out Phil Blackwell's? Um, I did. You did. It's yep. me. So it's you. Kebs Will next. I'm old enough to remember the 8-bit versions, playing on the BBC Micro at a friend's and then ending up with my own copy on the Spectrum. So much time on that game. Smiley face. We made our own stories up about systems to add to the few lines on each. I missed out on the next two, not having a computer to run it on, but I did see Frontier at a friend's. The landing on Mars, I think it was, seemed amazing. A whole city. I missed out the early Elite Dangerous, only joining around the time Horizons came out. I do like the load new commander in the Inter Astra stores on concourses as a tribute to the original game. Yeah, so do I. Nice little tribute, that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm sure it confuses people that don't understand and they, they stand in front of it going, load new commander? Well, I don't understand. What am I supposed to do? Oh, I got yeah. it. I got it wrong. A, a BBC computer is the equivalent of one thousand two hundred pounds today. Crikey. How Ooh, did I afford that? You can get a keyboard from Apple for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no wonder they always kept them under lock and key at the at the school. <laughs> they used to just roll them out every now and again. If you, if you got lucky, you're allowed to play a game on it. They got their money's worth out of them. There was a BBC Micro at my school when I was there, so they they definitely kept them around for a good bit. <laughs> 
it's still sat there in the corner with a little physics program on it to show us different colours. Uh, so, so. Um, school subsidised, wasn't that whole part of the tie-in with education policy or something? I'm sure there was a subsidy for schools on BBCs. Uh, do, do you know uh, what? They, they might yeah. have done, and then they, they still got their money's worth out of it. <laughs> that way. Yeah. Um, uh, Commander... Uh, oh, I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Val... Valakrik? 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 Valakrik, I would have Valakrik, there you go. Well done, Psychic, thank you. Uh, I was pretty oblivious to the universe of Elite until the lead-up to its introduction at the Xbox game preview programme in June 20, 20, uh, 2015 or so. I was aware of it since about 2013, 2014, though, possibly. Uh, I'm a huge fan of most things space and flying, but what drew me in was the inclusion and the use of scientific data, the ability to look out into the sky in real life, and then look at that point in the game, or vice versa, then actually go and fly to it, then go back outside and imagine my ship just there at the point I was physically looking at. I've always loved flying my ship above where I live in real life before going on expeditions and stepping outside for scale and giving a salute as a sort of a send-off. It's brought me to tears many times just thinking about flying to the places we, in all seriousness, will likely not reach in our lifetimes or countless more. Oh, what a post. Amazing. <laughs> what an absolute post. Amazing. Amazing. There are a couple of more but uh, more in our Discord. You can see those on the thread if you join our Discord. But that's probably looking at the time. Oh, we've got time for Colin, do you think? Oh, it is. Um, I think uh, I think at this point we will actually bring in Station Commander Alan Stroud. You're still with us, Alan? Yeah, yeah, still here, still here. Um I uh I was loving the uh the early memories. That all sounds uh, sounds amazing. Yeah, we'll, we'll be touching on more of these next week because we've had that many. So, yeah. Um, no, you're on today because, well, you've obviously got the uh, the Leave Revolution album out and you've brought something else with us, with you. Well, it's new stuff today. It's new um, stuff. Which is, yeah, which is, is kind of exciting. So on the 25th, um, this launches, so you guys get a 10-day exclusive play, which is is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, so basically this is the start of the Fractals album, um, and this is track two from the Fractals album, which we're going to have at the end of the show, uh, and uh, it's called Temperance. Now it's 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 back in the Vangelis theme. You know, I will be um, absolutely uh, you know clear to everybody. It is is absolutely back in the Vangelis theme. And um, so there's a link as well with all the, you know, the, the kind of details of what's happening over the next few months. So, yeah, it's all very exciting. It, um, it begins on the, on the 25th. So this track gets released uh, to all the same popular music outlets uh, on, the, on the 25th. So, you know, really, really looking forward to it. Excellent. Excellent. So what we're going to do is we're going to um, run around with the shout outs uh, and then we will we will hand over uh, for the uh, for for the exit track. So um, as you, we've had earlier, you heard from uh, Commander Vention, who was uh, part of our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, broadcasting on Thursday at half eight. You can tune in at twitch.tv Hutton Orbital Truckers. Or if you just want the audio, radio.forthemug.com. I don't think they'll be doing an episode this week because they'll be too busy preparing for ECM. But um, 
You can always catch up. For the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash EliteDangerousCQC. Um, we'll also give shout-outs to uh, the following Elite Dangerous podcasts. Uh, there's the Guard Frequency, who have uh, do other space games as well. And there's also the cheese-eating loose screws, uh, who have been shooting Thargoids left, right, and centre, and thoroughly enjoying it lately. Um, do we have a Galnet news this week? Uh, we hopefully have a Galnet news. Uh, Pete has sent it over. It is just taking a really, really, really long time to download. So fingers crossed, it will be there. <laughs> oh, it's excitement. We may have one. We may not. It's involved two Ooh. laptops. It's refusing to copy to a memory stick. It's now copying over the network. We will see what happens, commanders. <laughs> Wow. We, we have four minutes. The clock is on. Chris. It's no pressure. It's too hot for a memory stick. That's how packed the galnet is. It is too big for the memory wow. stick. So it's it's going over. Can we just slow slow Alan's track down a bit? Yeah, <laughs> We've got a longer outro I'm than sure normal. Alan so it's will fine. be absolutely fine with that. <laughs> it, it. It's only about three minutes thirty. I'm sorry. <laughs> Play it twice. Play it twice. <laughs> Uh, so we'd like to thank all those who've uh, chipped in on the Twitch chat and any in-game commanders who have uh, bothered you, Chris. Uh, there's been a, quite a few cool people popping up at the bar. We have had uh, Commander Except- Electro Ace. We have had Siberius. We have had uh, Valakrik. Uh, we have had Soka42. We have had Baron Flint. And just at the end, running into the bar, was Commander Quo. Excellent. Three chords, Quo. Excellent. Uh, right, we'll I'll say special thanks to Commander Tokuso, Jay Antrax, and Alan Stroud, who have all cre- created music that we use on the show. But that is it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can contact uh, links in the home slash contact us menu on the laveradio.com website. Um, now, do let us know if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So, thanks to the Chris Mark for You're welcome. Well, thank you to Commander Psykit. Farewell, travellers. Safe adventuring. Oh, dear. And, of course, thanks to uh, Commander Alec Turner. Thanks, Colin. And hopefully see some of you at ECM this weekend. Yay! It's see you all in a couple of days. Until next time, commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
Galnet News Digest, 15th of August 3309. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, we review what we know about alien abductions. We review the fate of the dedicant megaship. And we wonder what the new and as yet unacknowledged discoveries of Thargoid sites might mean. The Thargoids have collected tens of millions of living humans since the start of the invasion. In the past few weeks, they have intensified their efforts to collect even more. Aegis has known about this for months, yet it is only since the coming of the Scythes that the scale of the abductions has become apparent. Why are we being kept in the dark? It was on the 9th of August that Aidan Tanner warned pilots to be alert to the presence of a new type of Thargoid that appears to have been built specifically to harvest the living souls of its unfortunate human victims. These new ships, called Scythes, target any ship carrying passengers, be they luxury passengers, refugees from the war, or cryogenically frozen cargo of humans in escape pods. Following high prediction, they attack attempting to disable the vessel, inject something, no one is quite sure what, into passenger cabins to force the inhabitants to take to their escape pods and deploy the Thargoid equivalent of Hatchbreaker and Collector Limpets to eject the escape pods into space and then collect them all up. Thargoids have collected escape pods for as long as we have known them. Even relatively peaceful Thargoids will demand that escape pods are dropped. The scale of the collection has, however, increased dramatically since November last year when the Titans arrived. And it has increased again with the arrival of the Scythes. Luca Redondo of the Imperial Auxiliary Navy described considering whether it might be better to destroy escape pods by firing on them rather than leave the occupants to whatever fate the Thargoids might have planned. Months before the arrival of the Scythes, it was the accountants and claims adjusters of Safeguard Interstellar that first notified Aegis that there might be a problem with mass abduction. When accounting for rescues and deaths in Thargoid-invaded systems, there was a consistently large cohort of inhabitants who had neither been rescued nor confirmed dead while there is always some discrepancy, some people die unrecorded deaths or are able to escape without checking in at a rescue ship. The number of missing people was suspiciously large. Despite being presented with this information some considerable time in the past, Aegis has only now decided to go public on the matter. Aegis says it is investigating ways of recovering the missing people alive, but it has come under criticism from the Federal Free Press for keeping the facts secret for so long. Members of the Zeno Peace Movement pointed out that not all Thargoids appear to be aggressive. Icecaster Timothy Culver suggests that the Thargoid may simply be trying to understand humanity. Writing in Vox Galactica, Ernesto Rios took a gloomier view, suggesting that the humans might be being used as food for young Thargoids or as biomechanical fuel for the war effort. Aegis's Vice Admiral Skylar Anderson prefers not to enumerate the unpleasant fates that might await these harvested living souls. 
Now that we know so much about the way the Thargoid Scythes work, it's unavoidable to conclude that the Thargoid cult megaship Dedicant met a similar fate, with those on board forced to abandon ship and then scooped up for Thargoid dinner. Some of the more mysterious parts of the voice logs recovered from the wreck seem to bear this out. The ship was being used by the Federation to transport Fargod prisoners. However, it was originally built for the cult, and it incorporated booby traps and a corridor layout that changed dynamically to confuse the would-be captors. The confusion of the Federal security teams is apparent in the early recordings. Command, this is Senior Agent Desmond West, requesting response. Attention, FIA personnel. I'm broadcasting on all known agency channels. We have uh, an emergency situation on the megaship Dedicate. There was some kind of a trap embedded in one of the communal areas. It went off like a flashbang. Full sensory overload. <laughs> Took us out for a few minutes. No way that worked. They were totally out of it. Maybe there's something to this far god after all. Okay, for the record. I set off the trap that dazed the Federal Guards. Me. 61st inherent of the 11th Chew Tractor. I saw the trigger hidden in the wall as we shuffled past. All I had to do was give it a little kick. I know the First Herald said the chip under our skin would protect us from the noise, but it was so loud. My ears are still ringing. The Federals got it really bad, though. Just dropped to the floor, holding their heads and yelling. I saw one of them throw up. And then I ran and, and ran. Uh, we have a situation down here. The Dedicant's internal layout has changed. My guess is cultists have control of the security networks. Doors are closed in some corridors and open in others. We know where we need to go, but keep running into dead ends. Stay strong, my brothers and sisters. I will keep you safe from our tormentors. Speaking of which, if I close this corridor down and shut that access point, there. Now the faithless ones have to bring their remaining captives to section 86. There are more traps on the route too. As the guards find out, the cult members had decided to deliver themselves and the guards to the Thargoids to achieve transcendence. Walton found a local cache of the cult's sacred text on one of the consoles. Been reading through it for anything which could help us identify their next steps after scurrying off into hiding. Uh, nothing yet. It's mostly nihilistic poetry about how beautiful the galaxy will be once everyone in it has been purged. The data stamp says the text was being edited when the dedicate was seized. Something about an expedition into Thargoid space. Sounds like a spectacularly bad idea. The Ninth Disciple brings word. Our prayer has been delivered to the Void. I await the heralds of the Far God. In our time of need, we ask our blessed Savior for protection. After the jump into Thargoid-controlled space, it seems that the Dedicant was targeted by possibly the first known attacks of the Scythes. The pain and panic that forced those on board, guards and cultists alike, to take to the escape pods is apparent from the ends of the recorded logs. Soon the heralds will receive our offering. A signal broadcasting the songs of their vessels, a token of our faith. 
narcotics, Sophie Brandt's final recording confirms the pinwheel shape of the scythes. They're so graceful, like flowers in the wind. Pinwheels, they're reaching out to us. In recent days, two different sets of Thargoid-related planetary discoveries have been made. There are barnacle matrices, and there is what appears to be an ancient Guardian Thargoid conflict site. There are at least 44 barnacle matrix sites, all within Thargoid-controlled systems related to the Titan invasion. These appear to be what might be described as barnacle seedlings planted by the Thargoids to grow meta-alloys to replenish and repair their fleet. The sites reveal more about the biomechanics of the barnacles, with strange coral trees and toughened tree roots, both of which presumably vanish as the barnacles mature. Unlike the mature barnacles, the Thargoids seem to take the care of these saplings seriously, and the nasty cousins of the scavengers, the revenants, are likely to materialise if you get too close. But it is the Guardian ruins and crashed Thargoid ships on Rigo BU-Y B2-0-Planet 1C that are perhaps the most intriguing, the only previous direct evidence of a battle between Guardians and Thargoids was in Trapezium Sector YU-XC1-2, the site that inspired Azimuth and Salvation to create the Proteus Wave Device. With the allegedly disembodied consciousness of salvation still missing, 
and with Siojin A claiming that this Nemesis failsafe might be based on Guardian technology, the discovery of these two surprisingly new-looking Guardian ruins, with destroyed Thargoids scattered around, may make some wonder whether the sites might have something to do with salvation. The ghost of salvation may haunt these sites in a more than figurative way. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.